I'm Sarah Rose, and this is the Mind Body Academy podcast. I'm here to teach you how to think yourself slim. It's not brain surgery, and I promise you can do it too. Listen in to find out how. What's good, everyone? Today, I want to talk about something that's going to be a mind blower. And it also might be a little polemical, but I promise I'm going to come at this from a researched perspective and with as much tact and open-mindedness as possible. And if you hear me out, I think we'll land on some takeaways that we can all fundamentally agree on. And what we're going to be talking about are some really core insights into disease and obesity. What we're living through now with this pandemic of COVID-19 is the intersection of the pandemic of the virus with the pandemic of chronic disease and obesity. Overwhelmingly, the findings are showing this overlap, which rather than point to the virulence of this virus, actually points to the vulnerability of the host. What we need to be asking ourselves is why are we so vulnerable right now? The root of upwards of 90% of disease today is inflammation, specifically chronic inflammation, the root cause of which is metabolic dysfunction. This is really interesting to note because more and more diseases keep popping up and the incidence of different diseases keeps rising. But when we deconstruct that web, the common thread usually leads back to inflammation. And if we're talking about metabolic dysfunction playing a significant role here, we need to be talking about the gut microbiome as a protector and predictor of health and disease. Now, understand that inflammation is a normal biological response to an injury. The thing is, when you're overweight or you're skinny fat, meaning you're thin but you have chronic inflammation around your internal organs, which unfortunately, is a majority of the population today. Only about 12% of us are metabolically healthy. When you are pre-inflamed, your body is primed to activate an even greater inflammatory response. This is important to know because this is what causes a virus like COVID-19 to rear its ugly head in one person while another person can be totally asymptomatic. It's the inflammatory immune response that's killing people from this virus. And I was having this discussion recently with someone who said, okay, but I know someone in their 90s who was asymptomatic while my friend who's a personal trainer and in really great shape got it really bad. Which is a great point to raise because I think for a lot of us, health is this abstract concept until we don't have it. Many of us think of ourselves as generally pretty healthy if we don't have some sort of diagnosis or any physical discomfort that we're very conscious of, right? Sometimes mild aches and pains, we can just kind of gloss over them and look past them. And so because we have a loose understanding of what it means to be healthy, it's easy to mistake something like fitness for health, okay? But fitness is a piece of the pie. It's not the entire pie. It's not the entire picture. It's a snapshot. It doesn't tell you about your metabolic health, for example. So if we are trying to understand why we are so vulnerable right now, we need to understand what's causing our bodies to be inflamed. 
and to be so chronically inflamed. This is where we need to turn our attention to food. Food programs our health, right? The food we eat produces complex metabolic signals that activate the expression of our genes and our hormones. And the bulk of this happens in your gut, which incidentally is where 80% of the work done by your immune system happens, in your gut lining. So whatever is damaging our guts is also compromising our immune systems and causing that inflammatory response. Improper nutrition, things like highly processed foods or animal protein that's been pumped with antibiotics are a part of this, but we want to look beyond that for the answers that we're looking for and look at what's been going on in our food supply. So the can of worms that we're going to open up together on this episode is unpacking the deleterious effects of chemical farming on human biology, and we're going to focus our discussion around the poster child of chemical farming, which is a toxin called glyphosate. When we start to trace everything back, what we can see is that in the late 1990s and early 2000s, all of a sudden, there was this huge uptick in all these different diseases around the same time. And a bunch of them went epidemic simultaneously. Autoimmune diseases, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cancer, obesity, autism. Suddenly the rates of all of these diseases went up at the same time. I mean, if you look at the stats on autism alone, in 1975, we're talking 1 in 5,000 births. And today we're looking at 1 in 36. Take a moment for that to sink in. So over the past 10 years, that's a doubling every two to three years. Okay, so what happened? Surely it's not some random coincidence if we're seeing this across so many different diseases. What's going on there? What caused these epidemics and what can we do to reverse them? Well, the common denominator among those diseases is chronic inflammation. So the answer to that question has to lead us to take a closer look at what was happening within our food supply. If you'll be the Watson to my Sherlock Holmes, (laughs) and we dive deeper into our investigative work from there, we have to backtrack a little further and ask ourselves what changes happened within our food chain in the years prior to the late 1990s that could account for the decimation of our immune systems. And that's where we land on chemical farming. It is true that there have been important changes to the ways we farmed before that. Things like the move from stone grinding to steel grinding, which increased the gluten load in the foods derived from cereal grains. And we can also talk about the gradual disregard of certain farming principles like crop rotation and soil rest, which led to the Dust Bowl of the 1920s and 30s. And for those of you who don't know what this is, well, basically there was a massive death of the topsoil across different parts of the United States and Canada because farmers had stopped rotating their crops and letting the soil rest, which ended up depriving the soil of its nutrients. So what happened was during a period of drought, the dead topsoil was loose instead of moist, and it created these massive dust storms and these massive food shortages because of that. It's crazy because I remember that being a blip in how history was taught to us in college. It's a historical event that really doesn't get much mention. But when you think about what happened, you know, that's just a hundred years ago. 
And I don't think we've moved on from that with the lesson that we needed to take from it. And the implications are massive. I think the lesson that we need to take from that is that cutting corners when it comes to the environment and nature always comes with a trade-off. Gain now for pain later. And then World War II happened, and there was this huge push for people to plant gardens to support the troops. They were known as victory gardens. But what happened is that after the war, there was this bloated oil industry that had been pumping oil and pumping more oil. And so there was an oil surplus when all of that came to a grinding halt. So they were like, okay, well, what do we do? Well, it turns out that you can extract nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium from oil. And boom, suddenly we're manufacturing chemical fertilizers. And the demand was there because many of the farmlands were still recovering from the dust bowl. A lot of that topsoil was still depleted of nutrients. So chemical fertilizers were really easily marketed as the quick fix. The problem is, while this led to what was known at the time as the Green Revolution of the 1960s, the plants that were produced became weaker and weaker and started to contain less nutrients as a result of these chemical fertilizers. Just think of what happens when you lack nutrients. You get sick, right, when you have a deficiency of a certain vitamin. So that's what happened to these plants. They became more prone to viruses and pests and weeds taking over. And so naturally, the solution they came up with was chemical weed killers. Are you starting to see how the dominoes got knocked down and farmers got locked into chemical farming? It's like when you take a medication with all these potential side effects, which is what happened when they started using chemical fertilizers. And then you end up having to take another medication to address those side effects, which are the weeds in this case, right? And then maybe another medication to take care of those side effects from that other medication. That's what happens when we try to fix a problem instead of solve for its cause. It becomes harder and harder to recognize the root of the problem. You can see that, right? Okay, so one of the most widely used chemical fertilizers that's been used since is called Roundup. And the active ingredient of Roundup is a toxin known as glyphosate. Currently, there are 4.5 billion, with a B, pounds of glyphosate used annually. And let me tell you why this represents the largest chemical warfare you've probably never heard of. What glyphosate does is that it goes in and it blocks an enzyme pathway in plants that's known as the shikimate pathway from things like bacteria and fungi. The problem is that the shikimate pathway makes many of the most important amino acids that we need to get from our food because the human body can't manufacture them. Of the 26 amino acids, there are nine essential amino acids and none of those can be made by the body. We need to get them from our food. Dr. Zach Bush has this really clear way of illustrating this. He says, think of amino acids like the alphabet. Lose a consonant like a W or a J and you can still form a lot of words. But if you lose a vowel like an O or an A, suddenly you significantly shrink your vocabulary, right? Thousands upon thousands of words are affected. Which makes me think of what a teacher of mine once said, which is that your universe is only as vast as your vocabulary. 
And in this case, your universe is your health. And the valves are those nine essential amino acids. We depend on those. The integrity of the protein structures that we are made up of depends on those nine essential amino acids. And here we have a chemical, glyphosate, that blocks the ability of these plants to make those vowels that make up the vocabulary of a healthy human body. What's worse is that glyphosate is a water-soluble toxin. That means that you cannot wash it off your food. And when you introduce it into the environment, you cannot take it out. The human body is made of mostly water. So what happens is that when you ingest glyphosate, it makes it through the filters of the body that are intended to keep anything that could be harmful to the body out. That means it can pass through the endothelium, which is the lining of the gut, and that means that it can even pass through the blood-brain barrier. It's going everywhere. When I learned this, this was my real aha moment. Remember that uptick of autoimmune diseases, of gut-related and gastrointestinal diseases, of neurological diseases that happened in the late 1990s? Suddenly, you can start to put two and two together, right? Not only is glyphosate passing through, it's also creating direct damage to the tight junctions that hold the gut lining together. If you haven't had the chance to listen to my episode on the gut, called How to Fix Your Second Brain, I talk about how damage to these protein structures turns your gut from a coffee filter into more of a pasta strainer, which means that things that aren't supposed to get through that filter are getting through. We have these leaks. We're talking escape spaghettis at the bottom of the sink, right? And glyphosate is also creating direct damage to every macro membrane that it passes through. So your blood vessels that transport oxygen throughout your body, the blood-brain barrier that protects your peripheral nervous system in your brain, the kidney tubules that detox your body. We're seeing the same impact across all of these structures throughout the entire body. So now we understand what's creating this chronic inflammatory response. And so naturally, it's like, what do we do? We cannot remove glyphosate from our food or our environment. But if we stop spraying it, there are bacteria and fungi that can digest and eliminate it, but not at our current rate of exposure. We need to lobby for food policy to protect us and to get glyphosate banned. The International Agency for Research on Cancer that's part of the World Health Organization recognizes glyphosate as a probable carcinogen, and the state of California has moved to ban it. There have been lawsuits that ensued, and you can take a case like the Dwayne Johnson case where the school groundskeeper, that's right, a lot of schools use this on their turf and on the school grounds, while this guy came down with terminal non-Hodgkin's lymphoma after some accidents where he was doused with the stuff, and the jury ruled unanimously in his favor. I mean, this guy ended up with tumors all over his body. It's not whether this toxin is harmful. I think we're just scratching the surface of how harmful this chemical has been on us and on our environment. Really digging into the research on all of this stuff keeps blowing my mind, and it led me to discover Biomedic, which is the only product on the market right now that has received the glyphosate detox certification stamp from the Detox Project. 
That means the company that manufactures it did independent, third-party clinical trials to make sure that their product that claims to detox glyphosate really does so. Just to be fully transparent, that's what drew me to want to affiliate with this amazing company that I'm so, so proud to be affiliated with. And I'll link all of that up in the show notes if you want to take a look at what Biomedic is and feel free to reach out to me directly with your questions because if you're like me, I had a lot of questions after learning about glyphosate. And the way I see it, because glyphosate is a water-soluble toxin, the glyphosate solution has to be a two-step. We need something like Biomedic to flush our bodies of glyphosate and we need to induce health by focusing on eating foods that promote our gut health. So foods that are full of phytonutrients and anti-inflammatory properties and organic as much as possible. The message I want to convey to you is that nobody chooses to struggle with their weight or their health. And understanding what's on your food might explain why you're struggling to get what you want out of the food that you're eating or why you're struggling in the first place. That said, we do have more power than we're led to believe when it comes to our health and healing. Instead of just trying to manage disease with something like a vaccine, we also want to be talking about how to induce health. A vaccine is not a panacea. A vaccine does not rid your body of chronic inflammation. It does not reduce your allostatic load, which is the damage that chronic stress is doing to your body. It does not regulate your blood sugar. It might fight the virus, but it does not reboot or upgrade the system of the host. Regardless of your stance on the vaccine, my point in recording this episode and sharing this information with you is to bring what we can do during these unprecedented times to the forefront of the conversations we're having right now. You cannot control that there's a virus out there. You cannot control that there will be other viruses out there. You cannot entirely control whether you even get this virus or not. But you do have control over your metabolic health. You can decrease your susceptibility by changing your diet. When you eat anti-inflammatory foods and rid your diet of foods and toxins that are causing your body to be inflamed, you can actually activate your own healing response and reverse the factors that lead to disease and premature death. And the good news is, you don't need to wait months or years to improve your metabolic health. In a matter of days and weeks of making these changes to your nutrition, your body is able to start upgrading both its hardware and its operating system. You can eat to beat disease. And if you're ready, I hope you'll join in on the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge, where in the span of just 30 days, you'll have the tools, the coaching, and the products to take charge of your health and feel the best that you ever have before. I look forward to seeing you in there. Big smiles. Be well. I'll talk to you all again very soon. Hey, if you're ready to see your body change from the inside out, join the next Genius Body Transformation Challenge. 30 days that will take the struggle and confusion out of weight loss. It's been known to help people just like you start losing weight in a way that you can actually keep it off. Just click on the link in the show notes and let's start a transformation today.
Hey there, me again. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I just wanted to remind you that this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is meant to inspire and inform you. It does not constitute medical advice or services. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified professional. If you need care or assistance, seek help from your trusted healthcare provider.